Welcome to From All Points, the monthly podcast from the Episcopal Cafe exploring the themes of the life of faith. Hello and welcome to From All Points. Our panel today is Amy Haney, John White, and Charles Wilson. I would invite each one of you to say a word about where you serve and what's up for you. I'm Amy Haney. I'm in a I'm a priest in Trinity Episcopal Church in Fort Worth, Texas, and I have a we have a new rector at our church, so that's new and exciting in our lives. I'm John White. I'm the rector of St. Luke's in Camillus, New York. I am Charles Wilson. I am a priest in Columbus, Ohio. And I'm Cleola Jaton. I'm rector of St. Luke's also, but mine is in Squim, Washington, up close to Victoria, Canada. Today we're talking about Sabbath. So, and I just want to uh, say a couple of words about why that's our topic today. I have uh, been working with a group at my church about Sabbath keeping. We call it the Sabbath keepers. And we've been stumbling around with trying to do it and do it together. So it's been a developing topic for me, and I wanted to hear from my colleagues about how that works for them and what they know about it and anything, any tips they may have. Coupled with that, I am just coming off of three days of being snowed in. So it created a wonderful Sabbath for me. (laughs) <laughs> which I enjoyed immensely. My electricity didn't go out till last night, so most of the time I had all the things I needed to be comfortable, and it was great. So I want to talk about what Sabbath means, where we are with it, how it's developing, how we see using it in congregations, and all kinds of things like that. So I invite you all to chip in. Well, I'll start with Sabbath comes from the the Ten Commandments. I mean, it, it, Sabbath shows up a lot, but it is one of the actual like commandments, uh, the fourth one usually. Uh, and it's all it says is remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Sabbath is like the Jewish word for seventh, and it comes, of course, also in the first creation story in Genesis, where God creates in six days and rests on the seventh. Uh, but one of the things I think is really interesting is if you look into the back of our prayer book. In the uh, uh, the catechism, it, there's a section on the Ten Commandments, and I really like because you know the commandments by and large say don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Uh, but in the catechism, they're presented in positive, right? So it's like do this, do this, do this. And so for Sabbath, it says to set aside regular times for worship, prayer, and the study of God's ways, which gives us a little bit of a structure for Sabbath. And I'll start with me. I'm a, I'm not always a good Sabbath keeper, but the way I tell people that what I explain Sabbath is, it's it's a time to reconnect, to connect with with the creation, to connect with people, and to connect with God. So it's not necessarily like sitting there doing nothing and having a set a strict set of rules to follow, like you know Orthodox Jews, but more like a time to pay attention to our relationships with with the world and people and and you know put some energy into that as well so that's that's my bit on sabbath love that creation 
tag because God took Sabbath. So when we take Sabbath, we are acting in the image of God. I love that. We also have worked a little bit with Suzanne Stabile's tape series uh, at my church, which is Sabbath, Simplicity and Sabbath. And that's great. She uh, mentions, too, that uh, the Sabbath commandment appears as part of a social justice directive, which, of course, flips my switches because I love social justice stuff. Uh, and it says your male and female slaves, your donkeys, and all those people will also take Sabbath. So it's for everyone, and it's um, connected to the fact that Hebrews are freed people who exited Egypt. Those two themes have come up again and again in our practice. So, Amy, what do you have about Sabbath? Well, it's interesting hearing you guys talk about it. Um, I did a, a book study with uh, Sabbath in the Suburbs, Marianne McKenna, Day, McKenna Dana's book a few years ago with a group of people. And it was really interesting doing it with a group of people who had small children, as Marianne does, and them talking about how they were trying to keep Sabbath and how much work there was going into trying to keep Sabbath, trying to get other things done so that you could have a day of rest, trying to do other things so that you weren't entering into work and how intentional that had to be. But that was several years ago, so my my definitions of Sabbath had kind of fallen away until listening to you guys talk. And it occurs to me that I think I do Sabbath best for long periods of time when I'm on retreat. That's when I do Sabbath because, like, doing morning prayer is a Sabbath time, but it's only a 30-minute Sabbath time here and there. And I don't take a full day of Sabbath regularly I take days away from work, but those then get filled up with laundry and grocery shopping and errands. So I think I'm thinking of Sabbath more now after listening to you guys talk about more of um, that retreat time when I go away and live in community somewhere and enter into that relationship with God a different way than I do in the busyness of daily life. It's really interesting to me that... Uh... When we first started exploring Sabbath, and I want to say the group that came together, uh, there were about 12 of us. In the second meeting, there were four or five because we just failed miserably. <laughs> we just all sat there in the dirt and went, well, shoot. But we thought, well, it's, it doesn't say and succeed the first time you try. Of course, it's <laughs> One of the things that made it hard was all the getting ready. Our group said, do we have to do it every week? Couldn't we do three hours here or four hours there? And I said, you know, it's it. there are only about 14 real commandments in the Bible. The rest is suggestion, commentary, and maybe some threats. And it says, do it every week. So we've struggled with a day a week. We've struggled. Why can't we? Part it out. What does it mean? Uh, so I'm, you know, it is true. Getting ready is really tough, especially the cooking. Oh my gosh, because I don't like to cook. So cooking twice as much is not fun. Well, and it's interesting to think about. So uh, Charles and John probably would not have ever heard of Marcy Glass, who's our friend um, and a Presbyterian minister in Boise, Idaho. But her church does a Sabbath-keeping practice, and I think they do it year-round, 
yeah. where one weekend a month they have their worship service on Saturday night and the church doesn't open on that Sunday. They um, so that they intentionally as a as a congregation keep Sabbath together. Which I think is fascinating. Um, but Sabbath is supposed to be Saturday. Sunday is the first day of the week. Oh, interesting. <laughs> they've, they've shifted their uh, their worship to Saturday evening, and they have a huge potluck. Um, and then everybody is off on Sunday doing the Sabbath. They did that as an adaptation to see if it would work. And it's really interesting to hear Marcy talk about it, I think. Don't, don't you, Amy? Because yeah. She mentioned that it has really renewed her congregation and their life together. But I think you're right, John. One of the things we stumbled into is that we equated Sabbath with church and prayer and scripture study. And that hasn't turned out to be what it is for my group and Marcy's group. I'm just, I don't know if y'all are aware of Marcy and her work, but that's the group that has just spearheaded retiring the medical debt of Idaho, right, Amy? All of Idaho. They're one of the groups that are doing that. There's a whole bunch of them doing it, but her church is one of the ones doing that also. So wow. in Idaho, and it's a uh, she's an amazing person. Um, be fun to have her on sometime, wouldn't it, Amy? <laughs> but in the meantime, I think that one of the things we discovered was that Sabbath keeping as a group is more compelling than doing it on your own. Right, because well, I know I, I suck doing it on my own. <laughs> Well, yeah, most of us suck doing everything on our own. Um, that's why Jesus always sends them out two by two. <laughs> but I, I think Sabbath is supposed to be regenerative, so I, I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't want to like put too tight of boundaries around it. If if baking is regenerative to you, bake. If if walking in the mountains is regenerative to you, walk in the mountains. If you know, staring at icons for hours and and talking about yourself being a miserable sinner is regenerative to you, do that. You know, really whatever works, I think, is good. But like I said, I think it's about that, you know, generating the energy that we need to go out and then be creative. Because I think it is an invitation to creativity, not necessarily within the Sabbath time, uh, but to create the space where you can then be creative in the, in the rest of the week. I mean, that's, that's kind of what we get from the Genesis story from chapter 1 is you know god is expending all this creative energy and then he regenerates himself or herself um to continue god's ongoing creative work um and so i think it's like an invitation god's like hey this is really awesome you should do it too and so i think that we should look at it as something invitational and fun and not like one more burden so if you're like having to cook double so that you don't have to cook on sabbath if that becomes like an obligation and a burden, I would say, well, you know what? Either A, go out if you can afford it, or cook on Sabbath. Who cares? Well, um, like, if you like it. Yeah. Yeah, I, right. Um, so, I mean, uh, the whole preparation thing, I think you need to make sure that you're intentional about setting aside time. But if it becomes just like another obligation, I think we're, we're missing out on the potential of what Sabbath can really be. I um, think right. And I, that's why we failed at first. We got a, a, a kind of a regulatory view of it. We were trying to figure out what it's not because so many, well, for one thing, uh, it's completely not supported in our culture. And That's it's completely not supported in our Christian, <clears throat> in either whether you're uh, a progressive Christian 
we kind of tend to ignore it, I think. If you are a conservative Christian, they tend to overregulate it. Either one kills it. It's funny to me because there are so many commandments that we would be appalled to break. I can't imagine us even having a discussion about break the commandment about adultery. And we don't have that discussion either. You know. But, I, I, you know, some murder, adultery, stealing, we're all happy to try to comply. But Sabbath, we're happy to ignore in this culture. And that's not restricted to people who don't practice the Christian faith. And many people who do practice it completely ignore it. And when it gets hard, they let themselves off the hook pretty easily, I think. In my yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's something we don't take as seriously as, as the scripture suggests we probably should. And, um, and I think we like to point to the, to the moments when Jesus lives into the spirit, but not the letter of the law to give us an out. I mean, if you're like an actual Christian, you know, like, well, you know, Jesus was breaking the Sabbath all the time, healing people and plucking grains. I mean, you know, clearly it's optional. And, I'm, and you know, so I'd rather go do something else. But I'll say like one of the things in the churches that I've been uh, priest at, like we, we're not going to do business meetings on Sunday. No, right. we're not going to have a committee meeting or a vestry meeting, generally speaking, like on a Sunday, yeah. uh, because that's that's not the time for that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think you're right about overregulating. One of the things uh, I was surprised to learn is that the word Sabbath means unhook. And uh, yeah, I think you're right about it. It's not necessarily Sunday when you go to church. It's another day. Um and it's, what, another, it's another time. I'm sorry? It's not another day. It's another time. Uh, well, I think of it as another day than Sunday. Well, sure. But you can carve out time to to be Sabbath time. Not necessarily. There's, I mean, there's a, a distinction there, I think, besides just lopping it onto another day. Tell so, me more. Well, I just I mean, you can if Sabbath is unre unregulated, it doesn't have to follow strictures. We are able to establish when our Sabbath time is. And so you could have Sabbath time within a day several times a week. Well, I'm saying no to that. I'm saying it, ha it needs to be a whole day. One of the reasons is because of the amount of time it takes to unhook, to get in stride with being unhooked and then spend time there and then wrap it up. And, uh, Creativity that flows from unhooking takes time to get kind of to get ahead of steam. So that's one of the thing points I was making uh, about uh, another participant in our group who said, "Why does it have to be one whole day? Why does it have to be once a week?" And I think the scripture defines that that way because that's our greatest wholeness and our greatest good, rather than trying to do a few hours here and there, but rather a whole day, once a week. That's what we've found to be the most wonderful. And when we did it, it the time just stretches out in this really delicious way, um, as opposed to knowing you have an appointment to gear up for this afternoon, or you have this afternoon after services or whatever part of a day you devote doesn't stretch the time out in that relaxing and unhooked way so the so I'm asserting that we do need to do a whole day and that we do need to do once a week in order to honor that commandment I'm thinking of the end of the Genesis story where God 
rest and the imagery I have is the exhalation of his spirit into the world or her spirit into the world to create and Sabbath is an inhalation is restoring that breath to exhale again and if you think of it that way it's not it can be more malleable to to creativity like my creativity is always first thing in the morning or later in the evening and so if I were to set those sides of time I could I mean it's, it's, it depends on how your unhookedness I mean, my first express, ex, uh, experiences of Sabbath was as a kid in Western Massachusetts, where we went to church with my grandmother's, and then we sat sat home the rest of the day because nothing else was going on. So it was regulated by the community. But now there are times where I could be in a place or on a bus where I can unhook from that or be. I mean, it's I guess it's a level of 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 where you are and all that. I mean, I understand the whole dayness of it, but I also understand that it can be um, breathing in and breathing out thing as well. Well, I think the difference is a breathing in and breathing out is unhooking and that's important and restorative, but it's not necessarily possible to keep wholly a breath in and a breath out as a regular, as that regular spiritual practice. It's a different thing than just unhooking. Um, because, and But it is true we need renewal all through our week. And one of the things that my group discovered is that, and again, we're not succeeding fully yet. I don't want to act like we're all saints. That would be John, St. John, who's the saint. Right, John? I am, uh, yes. Uh, but, you know, Rag- we're we're all saints. Yes. We are all saints. You are all saints. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not going to claim that yet. But, you know, one of the things we discovered is that when we have a day devoted and our practice is taking a little bit of a turn right now because from complete failure, uh, when we said, okay, we're failing at this, but we're going to still keep trying just for the sake of obeying it. um, Then we turned to more success. And one of the things we learned is that on the Sabbath, we are delighting in and thinking about not God or not specifically our relationship with God, not scripture, but rather God's provision for us and delighting in God's provision for us. So then that nuance brings us to an understanding of how much God loves us how much God calls us to delight as part of our life with God. Um, And what that does is as we do it for the whole day, once a week, it starts leaking out into other areas of our lives. And we start noticing that feeling and that understanding in little moments here and there throughout the week. That's become a heightened awareness for my group. Does anybody else have a, a personal practice or a group practice that they can talk about with us? No. Amy? Amy's, Amy's shaking her head. That means no, too, for those yeah, who no, can't see. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't even think of anything that looks like that. Um, but I, I did flash back to Laura Ingalls Wilder books when <laughs> Charles was talking about keeping Sabbath. And You're just welcome. Listening, you know, having her 
describe how horrible her Sabbaths were. You know, they couldn't they couldn't leave the room. They had to sit in the same room with their parents for so long and stare oh, at the wall. And, fun. <laughs> so that that just kind of gave me a little internal giggle while Charles was talking. So thank you for that, Charles. I had forgotten about that piece of that. You're welcome, Amy. <laughs> I love I love the memory of reading those books, and I just remember as a as a much younger person when I was reading them, thinking that just sounded like the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say it. You know, I it, it, I I didn't have any. I have no firsthand experience of that. I'm mean, like I wasn't a churchgoer, so we weren't like Sabbath keepers. Um, Sunday morning to me as a kid meant like having to watch golf on TV in the morning, which yeah. is dreadfully dull. Uh, but I mean, I think, but but what Charles was talking about when he was a youth, right? And I do remember when legally there weren't a lot of options on Sundays where, you know, stores are largely closed. I remember it was really exciting when the mall started opening at noon that, you know, there's a difference between like an enforced idleness, like Laura Ingalls Wilder sitting in the cabin with her parents staring at a wall or not being able to do anything at grandma's house because it's Sabbath, right? So there's their idea of like in, this enforced idleness where we're not going to do anything. Uh, and the practices that uh, that Cleola is talking about uh, that are sort of these really intentional ways of using that time to disconnect from kind of the busyness of the world around us and reconnect with, with the presence of God in our lives. And seeing how like that idleness would make you go, I want nothing to do with the Sabbath ever. Yes. Um, whereas Cleola is talking about how this has been really enriching and leaking out, I think is the phrase she used, which I think is really beautiful. Um, sort of like, you know, this God sort of like leaking out into the rest of their lives in ways that they had never really noticed before because they took this Sabbath time. So I'm at one hand going like, wow, that sounds really awesome. I'd love to try what Cleola is doing. <laughs> And like everybody else here, I'm going like, but, you know, hey, I got like little kids and I got to do this and I got to do that. And and I can come up with a thousand reasons why we're not going to take that really seriously. But I but I also think that maybe Cleo is right, um, that we should take time. Uh, if, not, if, if we can't like literally do a whole day, then at least as much of a day as possible. And I like the idea of kind of connecting with people and doing it together because – like any kind of spiritual practice, it's usually better done with with others, right? Because God is communal. Right. We're created in God's image. We're communal. We do better with others usually. Isn't that just weird? I always, I'm always shocked by that. I'm this independent person. Oh, I got this kind of thing. So when doing it with someone works better, I'm often surprised. Um, but it it is beautiful, and it's making for some really wonderful relationships in and we're down to four people we might have a five and six coming pretty soon but we're willing and we're willing to be a few of us we're willing i mean emphasis is on try right now i don't know that we're succeeding all that well but um we're enjoying exploring all of those things um one of the things we wanted to get away from were some of those stultifying practices. I know that um, my grandmother, who was Southern Baptist, did Sabbath all day. And it was go to church, go to Sunday school, go to church, eat lunch at church, go to Sunday school, go to church, go home and sit. 
And um, but that's Sunday. That's not Sabbath. <laughs> right, it isn't. And I don't think it's a good practice either. I was like, dude, just kill me now. I can. <laughs> eight hours. No. Well, after we got home from my grandparents, my mother would would put the roast or turkey or chicken into the into the oven, and and she go do her thing. My father took a nap. To the he would put on his Eddie Arnold records, and the, I remember the steam on the windows as dinner was cooking. Um, and so you wanted to lay in the floor and read, or you wanted to to just be in that kind of kind of thing. It, it wasn't. I mean, I have a lots of Puritans in my family background, and they all have the you got to do this right kind of thing. But some of it's just hanging out, and and that's Sabbath too. It's just unhooking from whatever is around you so that you can a look at what you've done and, and revel in it or or think about it what you know your children or your household or your, your homework or or uh, you know i agree it's a it's a hanging out time it's like i said unhook and just turning out to be a lot of fun um i think we're pretty close to our 30 minute mark john okay to wrap up or yeah it's a, one more round if, if people want to offer anything maybe i'd especially like to hear if anybody's interested in looking into it more i'm inspired to look into it more and try a little harder for it i mean because you're right it's not something i think about often in the midst of everything else it does get lost i would agree because I, I think one of the struggles you know our our church tradition by and large, I think historically has been like the church you can go to to fulfill your societal obligations of church going without a lot of demands being made on you spiritually. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and there are echoes of that, although I, I don't I don't think that's really where we are. Um, you know, there are echoes of that. And and I think this idea of taking our spiritual lives more seriously. Um, that I, I think these Sabbath practices that, that Cleo was talking about could really make a, a huge difference in the, in the life of our communities. And so I'm, I'm thinking this is something I really want to sit and sound and think about and, and explore a little more and, and see if there might be ways we can adapt these practices into our communal life so that they um, at least have an opportunity to take root with people, whether they take advantage of it or not. It's a whole other issue. But, um, you know, I'm going to look into this Marcy Glass and what she's doing out in Boise. And, uh, and I think there's some, I think there's some really good stuff here. That's, that's, there's some really potentially rich fruit for us to, to really deepen our spiritual lives and make our churches a little more vibrant because we're closely, more closely connected to God. So yeah, I, I'm very interested in looking more. How about you, Charles? The thing I miss the most from New England is the ocean. And so as soon as I got my license, I would tool down to one of the shores, Connecticut or Massachusetts, and, and just sit there and be present to to creation. And so I miss all that. So what, so what thinking about that makes me think of is we need a place to do and be in Sabbath. And the other crucial part, John just alluded to, is um, I think it needs to be intentional. Uh, there's some intentionality to it. It's not just doing it or not just because Sunday rolls around. Um, you know, to Torah rules about 
keeping Sabbath aren't to be restrictive or or putting your thumb down there to allow us to do it more fully. And and like everything else in the church, I think this group here and what we're trying to do is redefine or take back original ideas and meanings of words because Sabbath to too many people is just going to church on Sunday, check or um, or something else. So I think the intentionality of wanting to be and explore the divine in your life and having a place to do it are crucial parts of, of doing this. Otherwise, it's just an exercise. That's right. I, I think for us and for me, the next step, uh, there are two or three things that I think directions we may go in next. Uh, one is that Lent is coming up and we may be looking at doing Sabbath practice as a Lenten practice. So rather than doing repentance, uh, doing renewal around this one commandment and see where that leads us. Kind of a positive spin on our usual Lenten uh, spring clean out. And another is um, looking at some of the resources. We There are several that more intently... Uh, around Sabbath writings. We've done a little exploration, but uh, Dan Allender has a book, Sabbath, the Ancient Practices. Uh, that's great. Uh, Eugene Peterson, I understand, wrote about this. I haven't looked at Suzanne Neal from Life in the Trinity Ministries has a tape series on it. That's a Sunday school class she did for her church. Uh, Suzanne is an Enneagram writer and master. So that's an interesting mix. And uh, I understand Joan Chittister has some really great things on Sabbath. And I mean, all you have to do is Google it and you come up with hundreds of resources. So we may be looking at some of those. We also might be exploring some of the Deuteronomic rules that say things like on the Sabbath, you need to have a little wine. And if you're married, have a little sex. And how you're supposed to enjoy Sabbath. I think Deuteronomy is an unmined richness of ideas for that. So that is our Sabbath talk. Thank you all for being here today. And especially I want to thank our listeners. You can follow us and uh, get notifications of new episodes at soundcloud.com slash from all points. And you can find new episodes on the first Saturday of each month at episcopalcafe.com. Would everyone like to say a goodbye, where you're from, and uh, what's up for you? I'm John White. As I said at the beginning, I'm in Camillus, New York, where you can find me uh, at St. Luke's Episcopal Church. I'm Amy Haney. I'm the Associate Rector of Trinity Episcopal Church in the Diocese of Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, and I'm Charles Wilson. I'm still in Columbus, Ohio. And I am still up here by Victoria, Canada, in Squim, Washington. Maybe not snowed in today. I am Cleola Jaton at St. Luke's in Squim. Thank you very much. And thank you all. Great. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank guys. All right. See you later. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.
This has been a production of the Episcopal Cafe.